0: Hello, hello everyone. I'm excited to have you back with us for another amazing interview. Today I have Kobe from Please Foods, and today we're going to dive into the history, the story, the real kind of inspiration behind Please Foods, but also how much that Kobe and the team has been pivoting. For many of us, last year was a doozy, as we could say. For many of us, last year, we had big plans. We thought we were going to do this. We thought we were going to roll out or maybe do something amazing. And Kobe had some really big plans as well. But as the world changed, Many of us had to pivot. Many of us had to reexamine the way we were running our businesses, reexamine the way we were launching our businesses, and reexamine the way that we're getting our products and services out to people. So today I'm excited about learning the story, learning the history, learning the trials and maybe tribulations um, that Kofi has been through, not just to kind of rehash. But for many of us to use it as inspiration, for many of us to understand as we run businesses, as we move forward, as we're trailblazers like Kobe and the team, that sometimes life will throw you a curveball. And the idea is that there is some greatness on the other side if you're willing to keep going, persevering, and at times reaching out to your customer base for help and solutions. So I don't want to give it all away in the beginning. So let me introduce and say hello to Kobe and dive into this interview. Kobe, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you for inviting me. And I I just said this earlier before the camera was on, but I just thank you for everything that you do. I really, like, you're a true inspiration. And I I, I, I just told you the story, but I want everyone to hear. Like, one day I just turned on um, the live stream, and it was like you were talking to me, and I just, um, you know, it was about burning out in your company and, like, challenges that come your way and how to overcome them and I really it I it just came at the right moment so I just thank you for everything that you do and keep on doing this amazing job
0: Oh, thank you so much. That is so wonderful. And thanks for sharing with me and sharing with the audience. It's so good to be able to do this and also get an opportunity to hang out with people like you, people who are changing the world, people who are making kind of this movement possible and people who are putting, you know, their hard work into making things happen. So I guess let's dive in, give us a little bit of history and background because not everyone maybe is as familiar with your story, but let's talk about the inspiration and why you got started. And then we can roll into, you know, how things turned out for you in 2020.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. I mean, this is the, the short version of it. I've been a New Yorker much longer than I've been vegan. And when I changed my diet, my biggest pain point for myself and my wife was life without pizza. And so we took it upon ourselves to, um, to start making vegan pizzas at home. And it was just something that started as a, as a hobby. And we posted uh, pictures online. And all of a sudden, people really actually thought we had a restaurant. And so it went from a small hobby to like a big hobby. And it really completely changed our lives. We we knew that our pain was pizza. We didn't realize it was such a big pain for so many other people, and not necessarily just vegan people who were lactose intolerant as well. Um, so it 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 it, it kind of started in a funny way. Like one day, I was uh, after I changed my diet, I was having lunch with my brother, and we um, I was just having a salad, living my living my good life, and yes. And he was having whatever, and he's a very silent introvert kind of guy. And he just kind of looked up from his plate, and he's like, "What kind of freaking New Yorker can live without pizza?" <laughs> and, and, and I really like he. And he got me here, and he was so right. And, and my wife, uh, who's everything to me, uh, I told her the story, and she's like, you know what we're gonna show." And she went to the supermarket. She. Uh, got dough, she got ingredients for a sauce, and the available plant-based cheese at the time. And she put together her first pizza. It was the ugliest thing you ever saw in your life. But to us, it had been so long since we had pizza or cheese that it was just the perfect replacement. Now, Mm -hmm. it tasted great, but visually, it it didn't look like pizza. It looked like uh, something from a cartoon. I don't know exactly how to explain it. And uh I was and gonna it's,
0: say, like a quilt. That's how mine used to look, like pat like a quilt, like a patchwork mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And so like I said, I'm from here. I'm in New York City right now, if you hear it in the background. Uh and I just I knew that we'd be happy with it, but New Yorkers like they want to go out of their way to have this type of vegan pizza. So mm-hmm. we just started experimenting with a lot of different recipes. We started with cashew, we tried almonds, we tried um soy cheeses. We just tried a lot of different versions and mm-hmm. as we um as we expanded and this hobby became more real, uh we we're posting everything online. Now I'm Kobe and my wife's name is Abeb. so our the name of our pizzeria, our pizza concept was Kobe. and we um, were one day, and we're just making pizzas for ourselves and our friends. And one day, we're just watching TV, and my wife gets a phone call, and they're like, "Hi, we're we're in New York right now. We can't find your pizzeria. Where is it?" And and, and we're in our pajamas, watching TV, just chilling, and and we're like, "Holy, holy moly! Did we just?" Are we on to something? So we decided to kind of uh, pivot, and maybe it was time for us to open our own restaurant. So um, I left my job. I used to be a sales director for a luxury brand, and my customer base was even Marcus and Sachs. And I just left all of that behind: the expense account, the office, the employees, all all the fun things that you kind of work for towards in your in your early thirties or your in life, basically, yes. I left mm-hmm. that all behind and I went to work in a pizzeria in my neighborhood. And it was probably the smartest thing I ever did because other than gaining the like the understanding of how to run a restaurant, that's mm-hmm. where I came up with the idea for please. So one day, it wasn't one day, it was, a, it was a whole week. So on Monday, somebody walked in and they asked, is there any soy in the oil uh, mm-hmm. that you, you make the fries in? And, and there wasn't. So he's like, oh. And I realized, oh, soy, that's a big deal. Yes. And then um, uh, the next day, somebody walked in, and they're like, yeah, is there any corn cornmeal in the crust? And I mm-hmm. had to like go find out. I was like, no, we're good. And, and then we got a phone call from a school. Um, and I just remember at that moment going, what about nuts? And so mm-hmm. I said to her, to the person calling, I just said, hey, listen, we're, we're, we are we're decided to offer a new vegan pizza with uh, plant-based cheese. Uh, would you like a free pie? And, mm-hmm. and and she said, oh, great, what's it made out of? And I said, oh, it's made out of cashews. And she's like, no, 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 no. No, we're a completely nut-free uh, school zone, and it's not just us. It's all the different areas that have children, and we're not allowed to have any nuts. And mm-hmm. I remember that problem really plaguing me so i, I went home and i, I google has a, a patent search option which I, I, I found out that day and i started figuring out like how do you what are other ways you can make plant-based cheeses and the mm-hmm. two things that came up were either nuts or soy like those were the yeah. two things that came up so i i, I just at 3 a.m i'm just sitting there with my phone at this point and i'm like. Soy's a bean. What other beans are there? And mm-hmm. and that's and the next day I made please my first batch of please, uh, and we didn't know like we loved it. It tasted the way we wanted it to. It melted. It stretched. Did all the things. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and we decided to start doing events. So we did some events in our building, uh, and and we tested it on a lot of kids because kids it's super important. We got invited to. Um, Whole Foods uh, Seed and Wine Festival in Miami. Nice, and, and, and we're at the Botanical Garden where we got to teach 300 kids how to make pizza. And uh, yeah, it was so cool. It was so cool because they were really excited about making pizza and, and we're mm-hmm. like teaching them how to throw it in the air and stuff. And But what was really funny was the parents kept on coming over and stealing their kids' slices. Uh, <laughs> and, and, there were, and when they... T- heard there was no soy or nuts in it they're like oh my god are you going to open a pizzeria in miami uh, okay. can you maybe sell the cheese so like we love the cheese or will you make frozen pizzas and, and like and it was all these things that we didn't think about before we're just really happy with new york mm-hmm. um so after the event we we got into an incubator here in harlem called hot red kitchen okay. and, and they helped us kind of learn the difference between opening a restaurant and creating a product. And yes. we decided that a product was really important. I know this is a long story. I'm trying. No, no, no. That's good. Um, we, we realized that by having a product that we could sell to, to restaurants, uh, we could actually have a much bigger impact. So they taught us how to uh, structure our business. They taught us how to... Uh, find food scientists to help us scale up our production, and they kind of just gave us that. They were the wind in our sail to kind of take us from an idea to an actual product. Um, nice. and, and and it's it's just been such a amazing journey from that from that point onward. And I just remember I I, I wrote this down. I was like, you know, when we're raising rais- raising capital is probably the hardest thing. Uh, like for someone like me, who I'm just friendly and I care about people and I'm like, this is going to be big. Like it was just like one of those moments. But then you have to explain to everybody else who, who don't look at the research all day long. And, and they don't know how to make the product. and They don't know about the consumer reaction. And, you, and, and so translating that for me has been another journey. Just learning how to, to speak to people in a way like systematically and organize the thoughts to, to just go, this is something innovative that we created. A lot of people want it. It'll make money. Now invest. And it, and I, I couldn't explain it in those words so simply a few years ago. And I completely bombed um, uh, uh, a pitch for the Glasswall Syndicate, which you oh, like, really? yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, exactly. But I bombed it. I, was, I talked in a circle. I was mumbling. I was so nervous. I was sweating. Like, It was not a good day for me, Um, but I I
0: think that's how it is for a lot of us. I mean, I think that like to give you a little bit of camaraderie and also, you know, just the reality of, you know, for many of us, you know, when we become entrepreneurs, you know, we're kind of like thrust into the spotlight. We're in a scenario where we have to put on all these different hats. You know, you have to make an amazing product. You have to learn the science, learn the business, figure out how to present and all of these things. And it's a lot to learn in like, record speed. So I really think it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish. And also, I do a lot of videos about this, but you can tell me your perspective as well is sometimes I feel like we need those difficult moments. We need those moments where it was a little bit hard because it it kind of prepares us for the next one. It prepares us for the next presentation. It prepares us for the long journey of running a business. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Do you, you do you feel like even though that first one might have been a little bit difficult, it prepared you for the next?
1: I think, um, you know, it sucks at the time. I'll say it like that. <laughs> it really sucks at the time, but it builds you. And that's, um, I think, what separates most people uh, from trying to follow their dreams is that it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. Uh, it's easier to be comf- It's much easier to be comfortable. Uh, and starting your own business, you're going to be in a lot of uncomfortable situations. Uh, oh, sure. and, and, and that really built me. It taught me, oh, wait, I don't know how to talk in front of people. I, I don't know how to put a presentation together properly. Uh, what can I do to better myself and really learn how to do this? And I just remember, um, one day I, I, you know, I I was just sitting there a little depressed one night I'm in bed on my phone and I saw an ad for plant-based world, which Mm -hmm. was exactly two years ago. And it was a month before it happened. And I just looked and it was going to be in New York. And I just went, I have to be there. And I called Mm -hmm. them the next day and they gave me the best location I could ever imagine. And luckily- And luckily, I, I just got my um my tax return. If I didn't get my tax return that week, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And that completely changed my life. Uh, and I I like that was one of those moments where you know everything looked dark and bleak, and then I was able, like it just coincidentally all came together. And that's mm-hmm. how I was introduced to big idea ventures. Uh, They saw the action that we're getting at our booth and they invited us to participate in the first accelerator and they helped us find a uh, co-manufacturing partner. And now we're actually able to scale up and and not, we were thinking of opening our own factory and that's really daunting. Uh, And and we're really just happy that we were kind of thrust in that situation because then 2020 happened.
0: Um, And I, I think it's just an important thing for people to hear, and I'm excited that you share that with, um, with our audience because it's it's such it's such a journey as we, we we go down this path of running businesses.
1: It it absolutely is, and it builds you. It totally builds you. Every I, I when I started this whole thing, I was very naive uh, and excited, and and thought everybody had my best interests at heart. Uh, and really wanted to help me. And one thing, the biggest piece of advice I'm going to give everybody right now is always read the fine print in every contract because people are constantly trying to hide stuff from you, thinking that you're not going to read the whole thing. And reading the fine print has saved my life. Uh, And learning about that and and putting different uh, things into play uh, to make sure that people don't take advantage of you when you're small and you don't have a big legal team to rely on. I think like it completely builds you and and it hardens your shell a little bit, but it it, uh, allows you to to pivot and learn and move forward um, and, and really grow.
0: Perfect. So, okay. You were in April. Of last year, you were ready to go. You were ready to launch. You were ready. It was going to be a. It was going to be a big month, right? <laughs> so, walk me through the reality that came, how that grounded you, and then how did you find your path or your way forward?
1: Yeah, well, so we were supposed to launch at the Metropolitan Museum of Art here in New York and at LinkedIn's headquarters, um, and we were doing that through their food service partner. Um, The CEO of that company came to me, he's from California, came to meet me in New York just to look me in the eye and make sure I wasn't full of crap, like that I really had a product. Yeah, yeah, like, because everybody says they have a great innovative product, but he wanted to make sure that mine uh, met his standards. And after trying it, he was like, okay, Met and LinkedIn, that's where I want you in April. Uh, uh, Then, you know, two weeks before that, we, we, and we had just... Created our first production run of product. We tested it; it worked perfectly. It did everything that we wanted it to do, uh, even better than we expected. And uh, and then the world shut down, and we had all this product that was supposed to go to these locations, and we didn't know what to do with it because they weren't taking it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just turned to Facebook and to LinkedIn and to different online communities, and I said, "Hey, we have." Uh, a lot of uh, samples of our product that we'd love to get into restaurants. Could you help us? And the community has been really supportive, very excited about it. And we were able to get rid of all the product that we had in two weeks. Uh, That's a great story. Yeah. And and we created like a, a list of 40 customers. So we went from like, one customer that was pretty big going like and, and disappeared to mm-hmm. 40 customers that we didn't even expect to have. And so the pandemic uh, or that lockdown forced us to talk to a lot of more people, get in, in front of customers, uh, get in front of restaurants and really connect with people and, and realize how big um, our impact would be. Uh, and, you know, it's it sounds horrible, but it was a really important step in our journey um, and, and, and change, completely changed our trajectory.
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, sometimes things blossom out of things that don't look as pretty. You wouldn't think would be as ideal, but you know what I mean? Blossoms and flowers, you know, it's just like a crack on the sidewalk. <laughs> you can see this beautiful flower come out of. Um, and I think that's been the case for some people is that the time that we've had and also, you know, the time that we've been able to maybe even reach out to people, meaning people that maybe weren't available for the calls or the conversations or even open to the idea of testing things, you know, if they had been super busy like like their traditional day that might have been available for the calls, and available to test, you know, sometimes, you know, what happened with the pandemic is I think that it slowed us down a little bit so that we had more time to build relationships. We had more times to collaborate. We had more times to think about doing things differently and being innovative. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's, an, it's it's definitely been a tragedy in our, our country, but I also feel like there's been some opportunities that have come from it. And it's really exciting to hear that that's created some opportunity for you and opportunity Um, out there in the world to help bring veganism to the forefront and help people who are lactose intolerant and so forth and help them get a product, a service and, you know, get something to help them. I mean, it's just huge because like you said, you know, pizza is a little part of the culture in New York, even though I'm from Philly originally. i get it i so get it <laughs> aaron joined us and he said that this was making him so happy this is a triumph and he also just said you know crisis equals opportunity so i think that's just wonderful thanks so much aaron for for joining us so moving forward what happened next after you had this list of customers and if you had this opportunity how did you turn that into success how did you turn that into kind of the success that you're experiencing now.
1: Um, so, so we were finally able to do our, our our test launch. I would call it a test launch uh, last Labor Day, and okay. I I went to, to, to the list and I looked at the people who were most enthusiastic about our product and, and mm-hmm. uh, who really like they they loved it. They're like, "Yes, I need this in my life," and mm-hmm. so we decided to do a national. Um, National because it was around the country, but we did a test launch in five different markets: uh, okay. New York, Atlanta, Austin, and um, and, and Salt Lake City. Um, okay. or four or five, I don't remember. Uh, but but those were the the places that we really uh, we saw that there was the most excitement, and mm-hmm. we. So we were expecting to, you know, sell out that week. We, we could send enough product for a whole week. And we two of those locations that were completely vegan, they sold out within an hour. Uh, and then another guy pre-sold everything uh, for Monday. And he mm-hmm. was able to to sell 300 pies uh, on one day. Uh,
0: 300?
1: He's pre-sold 300 pies. Uh, yeah, I, I, I Trust me, it was crazy. And then in New York, um, it was really funny because Labor Day weekend in New York City is usually empty. Nobody's here. Everybody goes away. Um, And so pizzerias, they they don't normally do well on that weekend. They'll do well on other weekends, but not that weekend. And uh, the owner of that restaurant was expecting it to be completely empty, nobody to show up. He'd be lucky if he sold a pie or two. And people... Uh, when we announced it, showed up coming around the block, and wow. he was so because uh, he never considered vegan before. It just sounded expensive. He's like, "Eh, if people will bring it. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in." But
0: yeah, I'll deal with it. <laughs>
1: he, he never anticipated it. Now he sells over a hundred pounds a month, uh, and I can't even keep up with his produ- with his needs. One mm-hmm. restaurant, but One his, restaurant. his brother was there. Uh, and his brother owns four other restaurants in New York and they just, he, you know, again, didn't care about veganism, not something that was important to him. He knew that there was desire for it, but they're willing to, to take a risk, a risk for them. What kind of risk is it really? Like uh, you get to get more customers and, and you actually get to keep people happy and, and you, okay. you get to have people that go on dates that don't have the same diet, but they can both eat stuff. Uh, and, and and he realized immediately that it was going to be huge. And so they, he really, um, you know, we tried in one of his restaurants and we ended up doing five and then mm-hmm. together uh, ended up taking up all of our production because we're, we're still on a smaller production schedule because of the, mm-hmm. Things haven't opened up uh, 100% around the country. And yeah. so all of our production goes to, to these two brothers. Um, and it, and we, it's been amazing, but it's also been hindering us from getting outside of New York. Um, mm-hmm. But we're very lucky that we're just about to do our full-scale uh, production run and that's going to allow us to get into the national spotlight. So soon enough, we'll be in Philly. And uh, you're in Orlando, right?
0: I we'll, live in Orlando I'm from Philly. so Yeah,
1: we'll, we're getting there. Don't worry. We're working on it. Um, so it's 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 been an exciting journey to go from. like Because when we wrote this all on paper, we were mm-hmm. like, regular pizzeria, they're not Yay. going to be more than 20 pounds a month. 40 pounds a month, they're they're going 100, 120 pounds and selling at the same pace of regular cheese. And people are like coming from really far to go to their restaurant. So it's, it's been a, kind of crazy to see um, that the excitement is much larger than we ever anticipated.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I also love that you, it sounds like you built partnerships. It sounds like, you know, you worked with one restaurant, then expand it, then expand it, and expand it you know, because a lot of times everyone thinks that you start a business and it's just, you know, everything's big immediately. And I think it's so important to build that stability in businesses. It's so important to kind of build over time and build these great partnerships um, that it allows you to kind of build on success. So I, number one, want to congratulate you on your success. It's just wonderful to hear. It's exciting to hear. And it's also exciting to hear that Nationwide is in um, the future, because I'm sure plenty of people who are listening today, watching today, whether they are selfishly hoping it comes to their town or maybe someone runs a restaurant or someone's interested in having please foods in their store or cafe, how do they do it? Do they reach out to you? They jump on their website? What's the best way for someone to either bring it to their neighborhood or if they are a restaurant or a cafe and they wanna have it in their store? What's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so there's two ways. Uh, number The easiest way uh, is just go to our website, and we have a tab, uh, pleasefoods.com or sayplease.com. Also extraplease.com. Uh,
0: <laughs> like extra please. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so that's definitely, I, I rec- if you have a restaurant, just go sign up right now, and you'll get on our list uh, for a free, free sample. And then we'll give you the price sheet, and we'll be able to talk you through the entire experience. But another thing that we've done through the vegan community uh, is that we, we're now advertising in veg news, and so this is our ad. Oh, it looks nice. Yeah. So basically, this is to help uh, the consumer go to a restaurant, take this ad to the manager, to the owner, and let them know that you want a. a, a Vegan option, and that, um, and you want please. Just say please, and and we'll get it to them, and we'll we'll help them through the entire process. A lot of uh, restaurant owners, you know, they're in their restaurant all day long. So unless we tell them what kind of option that we want, they're not going to think about it. Like gluten free, like that took them forever to understand uh, that that's an option that people want. And that's a, the same issue uh, that they're having with, with vegan cheeses. They just don't know what it is. And a lot of them don't perform uh, to the standards that restaurants expect. And, and we ha- kept that in mind when we created our product. That is wonderful.
0: I see some excitement here. Gloria just said hello as she joined us here. Erin came back and said, congratulations. Your win is a win for all of us. So Definitely. I can hear the virtual hand clapping probably happening around the world as people are listening. Um, Sean, it looks like Sean's saying, needs that cheese in my life. Yeah, he's um,
1: in front. We'll yeah. talk
0: <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. And then Aaron's been helping us out and putting the links in the posts as well. So if anyone's in LinkedIn, definitely click on the link or it should be in the bio, no matter where you're watching from. If it's on Facebook, YouTube, um, and also check out the shirt. Ooh, do you guys sell the shirts? I'm just curious.
1: I, not yet, but if, if let us know in the comments if you want swag. Uh. <laughs>
0: Definitely. And I love the the Mr. CEO in, in the corner. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful touch. So as we wrap up today, as usual, I get excited. I have so much fun hanging out and just really have had a great time um, talking with you. Any words of wisdom, any recommendation for anyone out there who is trying to get their business off the ground, trying to pivot, because maybe the last year or so hasn't been as ideal and they just... Have felt like they've gotten knocked down a little bit more than they expected. Any recommendations or kind of inspiration that would help them maybe through this hard time if they're still trying to figure it out?
1: I just As you said that, I got goosebumps. Um, it's, it's not easy, guys. It's not easy, but it's worth it. If you really believe in something, if you want to um, have an impact that's meaningful on the planet, uh, that can help change the world, improve the world, Um, It's up to you to make that happen. Nobody else is going to make that happen to you, uh, for you. Um, But it's completely worth it. There's a huge community of people that believe in you, that want to help you. Um, I recommend uh, definitely following Stephanie. Uh, Vegrepreneur is a big community. Uh, Noah's amazing. Um, And just believe in it. Never give up. Uh, It's when you are, when you think that everything is the worst is when things get better, and and just make it happen. You can do it. You you can do it. Just make it happen.
0: <laughs> I love it. Definitely, Sean is all about selling some swag. So you already got one person saying yes, yes, yes. So as we wrap up today, I want to make sure everyone can get in touch with you. Um, we talked about the website. Anything as far as social media. What's the best way to not only keep up to date with everything that's going on, but also to continue to support you.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. My, my name's right there. Um, and, and you'll see Mr. CEO. So that, that's how you know it's me. There's another Kobe Regev out there who's not me. Um, he's he probably has a more impressive resume than me, but, uh, <laughs> Definitely. Not on-
0: after what we've heard in this interview. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, definitely on social media. Uh, we're very active. We're mostly active on Instagram. I just uh, started a Twitter, so I don't have a lot of followers. Please follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's please cheese is our handle on all platforms. Uh, support us on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, you want to talk to me, you want to learn more, you want inspirations you want to know who not to talk to in this world uh, i will let you know i'm not shy about it um this is a small community A, a lot of people have helped me along the way and i'm definitely there to help you guys too
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for offering the help. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to jump on Instagram and look at some photos and get excited about everything that you have going on. So I really appreciate it. Erin also said, you know, great interview. Thanks so much for joining. So it's always good to have Folks, join us live. But even if anyone watches this as a replay, feel free to post it in the comments. If you have a question, I'll make sure it gets over to Kobe. But also make sure you follow um, Please Cheese and Please Foods on um, Instagram. Is uh, it on Instagram? Well,
1: the name of the company is Please Foods, but it's Please Cheese along across office. the board. Um, yeah.
0: Perfect. So make sure you sh- you follow, make sure you support, and make sure you go into your local restaurants. Help us build that demand because that is key and that is the power that we all have as vegans in our local community. So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching us live. Thank you so much for enjoying this as a replay, if you are watching this as a replay. And, kobe thank you for your time and thank you for everything you're doing. And I can't wait to continue to hear about and read about all all of your success.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for everything that you do. You're amazing and I really hope um, more people get to be influenced by all the amazing things that you're doing. Thank
0: you. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Bye, everyone.